Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by BetSperts. Welcome to The Deep Dive. Let's talk about the Cleveland Browns. And Andy, you want to talk about big deltas from season to season? The biggest delta for me of teams that I was excited to do a podcast for relative to last year is the Browns. <laughs> I did not want to talk about this team in any capacity when we did our previews last year, and I'm excited to talk about them now. Uh, <laughs> I believe I believe last year's show, um, the word sex pest <laughs> in the parents. So uh, before we do get in the Browns, I do, I do want to mention – it is the seventh, and leagues are starting to form. We are running a free Survivor League. It's just on Run Your Pool. Uh, everybody's used the, you know, everyone here's done a fucking league over there, guys. You know how to use Run Your Pool. There's no cost. It's free, and if you are the longest lasting winner of the, you know, Survivor League, just take it to the Super Bowl. Send you to Vegas next. January, February. So there's a link in the YouTube description. There's a link in the show description on the podcast. Join that. It is a uh, don't ask for much. It's a nice way to support the show as they are a sponsor of some more products. And it literally doesn't cost you anything. Um, and I wanted to bring it up on this one instead of Pittsburgh because of this is a very fun week one matchups to talk about and not because I forgot to do it earlier in the show guys so <laughs> with for no further ado cleveland yeah um i think we i think you know for the 2022 recap we can keep this a little bit brief but uh uh i, have like I don't think i don't think any of us wanted to see the browns have a happy ending to last season i think we were all pretty <laughs> pretty satisfied yeah. we were all pretty satisfied with the way their season ended we didn't need um uh, to see this team finish uh, in, in in glory, um, but I didn't expect really, what we got. Really <laughs> I didn't expect what we got, which was uh, you know Deshaun Watson kind of exposed his ass and did not play well on the football field. Um, Andy, would you be surprised to know that Deshaun Watson was bottom two in EPA per play among quarterbacks who will be who retained their jobs and are starting actually, excuse me, he's bottom one of quarterbacks that retain their jobs and will be starting this year. He is bottom two uh, in terms of quarterbacks that have a starting job yeah. from last year. The other guy is Baker Mayfield, who another former Brown, ironically. Um, but you weird. Yeah. Weird. I don't, I don't want to go through a lot of the games. I mean, there was, they they had some weird ones. Obviously, we already talked about the Jets when we did them. You had the onset kick Flacco game. Um, you had some missed kicks late. You lost to Bailey Zappi. You lost a close one on a blocked field goal at the end. I believe it was a pretty long field goal. Uh, eliminated in week 16 when Watson was under center. But this was well within our, you know, I think we did one of those. Hey, what's our percentages of this, 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 and this? And yeah. Like just Sean Watson coming in and not being good because he's been rusty. He didn't get the full regiment of camp and training with the team and all this other stuff. Like him not looking good is high probability. And I, I think it makes, obviously it was always going to make this year hard unless we 
really, really saw him just flourish. Like we we needed him to either flourish or retire, I guess, because anything <laughs> in between we would have to attribute to uh, such a small sample size. And like, sure. It was rusty. One of those games was played in really, really, really poor weather conditions. Correct. Which Correct. is like, I mean, that's uh, a sixth of your total sa- season was played under completely unplayable conditions. I mean, he wasn't good. He looked rusty as shit. He looked, he looked bad at times. But it's it's really hard to take that tiny sample size and be like, he's never good again. It's not 35 you know he's not he's not uh, someone who's you know had major injury issues over the past year or two he hasn't been fucking playing how are you going to do that so i mean there's so much runway to be bullish under Sean Watson we still have to see it though we still got to see it and like it's always going to sit in the back of your mind as far as you know like man i watched those last few games it was rough like yeah. what if he isn't good cuz I mean, this is another one too. When you do your, you know, your player grades, and I'm doing my evaluations of positional groups, it's like this is this is a good product. Like this is a pretty good team on paper. They have yeah. they have players where they need them. It's not perfect, but it's definitely well above average. And you know, they're kind of in the same boat as Denver. It's like, hey, you have a really expensive quarterback, and you kind of need him to fucking figure it out this year. So. I, I don't know if there's a lot. Every every team obviously is very very heavily predicated on how their quarterback plays, but man, there aren't a lot of teams that need it as bad as like the Clevelands and the Denvers of the world who are so tied to this. And and it's not like hey, we have a you know some rookie deal and yeah, we don't have a plan B here. <laughs> there's there, no there, plan there B. is no plan D. And yes, <laughs> again, the, the run defense they they did struggle against the run. There were some issues there. I like some of the backfilling they did this year. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of just comes down to one thing for me, man. Yeah. And I mean, you don't even need me to go on and on about this, but if you look at the running backs, don't matter, scatter plot of quarterbacks and you lower your, you know, your quarterback play threshold to like 150 or so, it's jarring to see Deshaun Watson's name in a cluster with Carson Wentz and Joe Flacco and Davis Mills and Zach Wilson and Baker Mayfield and Mike White and, below Cooper Rush. <laughs> like, this shouldn't be where he is on this plot. It doesn't make sense. We saw four seasons of Deshaun Watson, one where he was a clear rookie of the year candidate despite only starting six games, and then three where he was consistently delivering at the NFL level, uh, two where he was a double-digit winner of games, and one which was his best season, but they only won four games in Houston due to roster mismanagement by Bill O'Brien. Now, the consistency that you saw from him in those three seasons made it very, very, very understandable as to why Houston would take, I mean, why Cleveland would take the leap that they did, give the guy the guaranteed money he got, and tie their franchise to uh, the sex pest, as Andy coined him last year. That's Andy's name, not mine. Um, But I... Definitely am concerned for more reasons than just what we saw on the field last year because the game has evolved so freaking fast since Pat Mahomes has come into the NFL. Like defense is just not coordinated the same way, and it's gotten so much more complex 
so much more effective at stopping the deep shot. And I don't have enough of a ground true thing that says Deshaun Watson can do the easy stuff, can cross the street 500 times on the way to the end zone type of stuff that Mahomes has shown he can do, which makes me nervous that even with the exact same system and weapons that he had and succeeded with in Houston, would that work in today's NFL? And my answer is maybe, maybe not. And then when you combine that with, well, how about with what Stefanski wants to do? Because there is a pretty obvious oil and water situation there in terms of Stefanski's ideal uh, you know, way to deploy offense, the strength of the team being the running back and the run blocking, and what Watson wants to do, which is you know, be kind of the, you know, early pass early and often take some shots downfield, hold on to the ball too long. And, you know, I, I just, I see potential for a misfit here between the best of what Deshaun Watson can do, the way defenses currently play, uh, you know, scheme defense and, uh, and, you know, the way that Stefanski would want to get things done. And so enough, potential you know only two of these things have to happen for cleveland to underwhelm offensively this year and there's lots of those and it's enough for me to just be very buyer beware about them overall at their current market rating uh and enough for me not to be sad if i am on the sidelines and the bandwagon drives right away from us right down the street to an afc north title because this is a pretty become a pretty popular um, team to put your flag in that they're going to be surprised to the good this year. And when you look at the roster and you look at all the other strengths and you look at some of the blue chip players they have, I get it. Uh, but I need to see it for myself and I'm not going to pay to see it. I'm not betting against it, but uh, this is a team that just screams, you know, screams, you know, Wait and see it first. Yeah, at the current prices, it's awful hard to get excited. And obviously, you know, last year didn't give us a super good glimpse into what we're going to get going forward. But there, there were spots where we didn't think they were going to struggle, and they did struggle, especially on the on the defensive side of the ball. And then not knowing what we're going to get from the most important position on the field. And like you said, the little bit of a – push and pull and what this offense should or could or who, you know, the, the main forces that are driving it, what they want it to be. It's enough uncertainty where I'm not excited about Cleveland at the current prices. Now I know some people get in on some better prices on Cleveland and I certainly can't fault them for thinking this is a, a team with a lot of upside. Um, definitely has the upside to win in the playoffs. I mean, this is not, an unexperienced coaching staff now. Stefanski was with Minnesota. Those, you know, he he was a, a coach on a team that showed some success. He's been to the what? Yeah, that was two years ago. They they played in a playoff game, won the playoff game, been the, like the first playoff win since God knows when. Almost um, won, and, almost beat uh, the Chiefs. Yeah, they were they and, were right there. And then obviously Watson has you know he's been there done that so like get it, if this team plays well enough to get to the playoffs it's kind of like the opposite of what we said about Pittsburgh like, Pittsburgh has this high floor and they will make the playoffs but boy is it hard to see Kenny Pickett beating the best of the best in the AFC sure. week in week out for a couple weeks especially on the road whereas mm -hmm. Cleveland if things go right enough where they're in the playoffs or you know God willing the creek don't rise win this division 
like, this is a team that you don't want to be playing. Like, I, no. I would, <laughs> you know, like, hey, this is a shit. There's like another team with a good quarterback now. Like, there's yeah. like three of them in this division. This sucks. If you're, I am the Bills, I'm the Chiefs, I'm the resurgent, healthy Dolphins. Like, I'm a team that's, this is supposed to be my year. It sucks if you're playing Cleveland rather than some of the, the level of like wild cards that you've had to face the last couple of years. If you know if they reach their full potential, so I think it's it's a different kind of bet if you are heavy heavy uh, and excited about this Browns team this year. Like it's it's not the the conservative bet I went over with the where I'm at with Pittsburgh. It's more of a this team to win the AFC at a price, especially if they flounder at any point and you get a better price, or if you just find an off market number. Who knows? Maybe you already bet on them. Like it's a little. I think you go a little more. You know, further down the risk profile for this one. I think you're onto something there. And we're jumping way ahead here. But uh, range of outcomes is like win the Super Bowl or Kevin Stefanski's first coast fryer. (laughs) Like, (laughs) this is probably the biggest in the NFL. Am I forgetting something? I'm probably forgetting. What, what was the what was the team I just did that was like twelve and or four wins and twelve wins? Was it the Falcons? I think that might have been a pre-recorded one for next yeah, week. Maybe the Falcons. I don't remember, but uh, they that, all this melt like, this yeah they do. <laughs> this feels like the biggest range of outcomes of any team in the NFL, and I think finding a way to you know whatever your feelings are one way or the other, finding a way to get a a. a uh, you know, a big payday out of it is probably the right angle. Um, the I don't have anything else to say about 2022 other than good job getting coaching, you know, Jacoby Brissett to what you got out of him. Um, there were a lots of weeks where I came out of watching the tape on the Browns and looked at the numbers in the Browns and said, "Shit, man, they you need Watson. They got Jacoby Brissett." <laughs> it's like that's stupid, uh, but. You know, the fact that the coaching staff elevated that level of player is is noteworthy, I think. Um, and, you know, maybe kind of gives you a little bit of hope that they can find, a, you know, sh- reshape their offense into Deshaun Watson's skill set specifically. Uh, and, you know, I think that's if you want to, you know, tack your hope onto that particular narrative, then I'm not here. You trade. And, th- and that's what bothers me about, like, maybe the, the front office or the combination because it's never just one man making all the decisions except maybe in Dallas. It's usually a bunch of people combining their opinions and coming to some sort of agreement. And, you know, obviously somebody has to overrule if it comes down to it, but if you're going to give up what, like seven draft picks combined for, you know, the Watson and uh, Cooper over the course of that, you know, those two trades, Cooper, I thought was such a good. I think it was basically a fifth. They ended up, you know, but still they gave up a lot of draft picks for a wide receiver and a quarterback. If, if you still want to be this uh, grinded out run first team, why'd you go and do all that? Yeah, just, you know, just ma- tell Baker Mayfield not to throw as much. Yeah, <laughs> just chill and keep keep her set. So, very curious to see what the offensive philosophy is. Obviously, we didn't get to see them the other day in the Hall of Fame game. Didn't see. Really, any uh, didn't even see the second string quarterback. I mean, Kellen Mond. That, that's my takeaway. Like he should go find a different team to be on the practice squad for. I guess he didn't. He didn't. Uh, that combination of him and DTR playing well, he's probably done. But other than that, we didn't. You know, we didn't get to see anything from the Browns yet. So hopefully, we do see a little bit of 
maybe some Watson game two or three. I'm not so sure that happens, but if I were Cleveland, I mean, injuries always a risk. You can get injured walking down the street. But I'd get him in yeah. some game time. Yeah, get a bit of some confidence. Now, what you saw, especially to the end of last year, was not good. Um, his first game back against the uh, Texans was a win, but he was awful. Uh, they went on to, I guess they, they covered that game. Uh, they were not competitive against Cincinnati. They were not competitive against Pittsburgh. So, uh, two of your three division games, you were, you know, just a complete, uh, you know, dud. You got a good win against, uh, Baltimore, but that was Baltimore replacement quarterback, not Lamar Jackson. Um, congratulations. You beat Carson Wentz and the Washington commanders and knocked him out of the playoffs. That was kind of the high point of their season, which is sad. Um, I will say two more things about 2022. One is a good thing. One is a bad thing. Um, the good thing is they recognized they did self-evaluation and recognized that they did not have a defensive coordinator that works in today's NFL. Joe Woods consistently, in my opinion, did not get the sum of the parts, let alone more than the sum of the parts, out of this defense. So what, what was on paper compared to the product <laughs> never, that happened on the field? It never matched. It never got there. Never. Um, they have a lot of high-end draft capital in this defense. They have a blue-chip stud in, in Miles Garrett, who's a top-five player in the league. And they have, you know, they have guys who have performed well on other teams in the secondary. What, what the hell? What the hell was going on? How did you underachieve with this group? It was, you know, scheme questions, scheme fit stuff, I'm sure. But um, recognizing that and moving on, I thought was a good sign. Um, the other kind of bad thing, I think, is the one thing that really stuck with me about the Deshaun Watson cycle was he kind of tacked into his worst self about taking sacks, I thought. And there are very few things where you can take strength and make it a weakness or whatever, but like it felt criminal to have a top five offensive line that was healthy and still have a guy that found his way into pressure and sacks and game stopping stuff. Like, I mean, you know, drive stopping stuff, game changing stuff. Uh, it felt like was happening pretty regularly with them on offense. And uh, to the degree that that is just part of his DNA and not, you know, something that can be schemed or coached around, I think is still in the back of my head uh, as an issue. So um, let's move into the off season where we saw a, somehow, some way this team put, they put their, you know, their, their uh, uh, free agency dollars to work. I do not understand how they can continue to compile um, talented players, but they did. And it was all on the defensive side of the ball. Zadaria Smith ad, Solid Tomlinson adds solid. Uh, they even, I'm not so sure they solid. Played, yeah, they played together. Rodney McLeod add good. Juan Thornhill add good. Um, and yeah, I mean, just the fact that this was the uh, you know, the major you know, that their major investment was on the defensive side of the ball combined with the you know, the changing of the scheme is, is I think noteworthy. Um, the guys that they are that they let walk out the door and Jacoby Brissett, no big deal. Um, Tave and Brian didn't really move the needle for me. Uh, and then, you know, a bunch of guys that did not live up to what you were paying them in the likes of John Johnson and Jadavian Clowney and, uh, Dion Jones and Ronnie Harrison. So hey, go, have you, have you watched the video today? Um, 
so maybe it's not from today. Who knows with fucking Twitter and the for you sharing me shit from who knows when. But there's a Merrill Hodge video from when Jadavian Clowney was in his draft cycle. Basically said, this guy's going to suck. Like, he's so matter of fact about it, too. He's just like, nah, he's like a high-end athlete, but he isn't any good at football. Like he's just a just a freak who's like beating up on you know less athletic players because it's college. It's like he's not going to be good in the NFL. Like and he, he went through some pretty salient points about it, and it all it looks really prescient right now. Obviously, but yeah, that was probably an upgrade, especially for the cost. And then Juan Thornhill is for sure an upgrade. Yeah, and you know you let Reggie Raglan walk out the door. That was an experiment that never had really worked out you let Greedy Williams walk out the door that was an experiment that never worked out the John Johnson thing really annoyed me because like that guy's good he's now the Rams signed him today actually mm-hmm. he's the Rams second best player on defense they signed him today <laughs> um but yeah I mean ultimately uh I think the moves you made on from a personal standpoint are good and the one that really stands out is Darius Smith because uh the clowny the clowny Garrett synergy never really materialized. The idea was you get a second guy on this line, you can't afford to double Garrett anymore. He's going to open up, you know, the entire kind of playmaking ability of your defense. And it never materialized. I think Zadarius Smith has a higher likelihood of doing that, but he's also still a guy that, you know, might be on the wrong side of the aging curve. It's possible. Um, so it's, you know, it's there's there's I like the moves ultimately, but, um, you know, I think people have kind of gotten a little bit away uh, from, you know, a little un, un disconnected from reality about how much they like this defensive line, how much they like this defense, because there's still a number of guys on this um, on this depth chart that I don't really think play up to their draft capital and or their. Um, compensation. So, yeah, and like like you said, the, the Zarius Smith. Obviously, we saw it last year. Still has something in the tank, and they did struggle stopping the run at times. And they added, I mean, they added a bunch of guys to the front. They not only Dalvin Tomlin's in this good spot, but uh, Obo uh, Akranwa, yeah. Akranquan. I'm so bad. Akranguo, yeah. Akranguo. Obo. I just call him Obo too. But uh, they added like three or four pieces de-tackle depth. Like they're they're determined to fix what you know kind of was wrong. So that's yeah. like kind of underrated too is Josh Dobbs. Mm. You can do a lot worse for a backup quarterback. I think they're in a good spot having lost Jacoby Brissett and being able to backfill there. So yeah, uh, and then you know the filling filling in the wide receiver room a little okay so let's get Probably to the meat help. let's get to the meat of these teams I'm, I'm not a huge like elijah moore guy i don't know i'm it's good but it's I'm not, not yeah, I'm ah. well i was gonna we, i was gonna go i was gonna go and recap and then ask you about that specifically um among for so basically grading this roster for starters i have you ninth so you're a top 10 team on paper that's cool uh your strength on your defense i have 16th largely because there are some weaknesses in the front seven, although I have your pass rush rated top 10. Um, you have your defensive backs rated 18th. Um, so there's a little bit of a stars and scrubs whiff to this defense, I think, because uh, there are a couple of players that I just don't know if they're, uh, I don't know if they're really contributing. Um, the offense I have ranked eighth, 
I have your offensive line top 10, interior offensive line top 10, skill position group top five for me, uh, which was kind of surprising because I initially expected them to be a little underrated. And Chubb, or, Chubb you know, probably brings that up. Chubb, bring, Chubb brings it way up. Um, yeah. There's just not like in the skill position group, everybody you're starting, there's just not really like a, a really questionable player. Even Elijah Moore, I don't have especially high grade on, but if he's your slot guy, that's fine. Um, Cooper and Peoples Jones is a good one two combo wide receiver. Njoku is a fine skill position guy at tight end. Chubb is elite, obviously, as a running back, maybe the best we have. And now he's going to get the ball more because you don't have Hunt there. Um, a little bit thin on the skill position replacement players, but whatever. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, so I think on paper, the recipe is this team should win double-digit games. There's really the only thing that would stop them is if there is a misfit between coaching and personnel for whatever reason. And, I mean, and basically what we're going to get to eventually, and it, it's a little easier to stomach now that everybody has an extra game, but we're going to say this about all four teams. Like all four teams winning like 10, 11 games just doesn't feel all that likely. Okay. Everybody ran the table and then round robin with the division. They're all 12 winners or whatever, whatever that comes out to fuck 15. Um, it just, it does kind of come down to, you still have to play a very, very tough divisional schedule that can drag you down a little, but yeah, on paper, outside of a little bit of unknown at, you know, the, uh, how many? How how far is the distance between quarterback and the next position as far as importance? So here's the question. Here's the specific question I had for you. I wondered that too, but I think that the market has gone a little far in waiting at seventy-five quarterback, twenty-five other something along those yeah, lines. That's a bit much. And and. I think with Hop with uh when Watson and Hopkins were together specifically, like that was such good synergy. Like those guys really, really like Hopkins really, I think, uh, and I guess he was only there for two of the three years and Watson did it with uh, you know, spare parts his third year in Houston. Um Brandon Cooks. But yeah, I think I, I just I wonder I wonder if you just had sort of the right mix of players there for him to really succeed. And I don't know if Cooper's that kind of guy. I don't know if Don People Jones, Elijah Moore. I don't like, like, I can't really ever remember being like, oh man, Watson is vibing with that slot receiver. Like, they're just cooking right now. You know, (laughs) it's never really kind of seen, seen. And you you don't have a you don't have a top ten receiver on this team like most and you know I know this is maybe silly to use some of this but I like to look at some of the sites that actually have do a good job of putting together fantasy kind of projections just to kind of see where they're sitting at especially compared to some of the betting markets too and it's just like your number one wide receiver at a lot of places about a nine hundred yard guy and that's he's good. I mean, and, you know, there's not a huge drop-off. Like, Elijah Moore is still probably a top 50 guy. But it's not, you know, it's not overwhelming. It's not Jefferson. It's not, you know, what we have in Cincinnati up there. It's certainly not what you have in Buffalo. It's not what you even have with a tight end in Kansas City. Like, uh, you don't have that takeover guy right now. 
we yeah. don't think. I don't know. There's still some upside for Cooper here with a, a viable quarterback at this point. So hmm. I don't know. Like, uh, it'll be interesting to see. And then also it could just be, oh, we're not actually going to ask that much of Deshaun Watson. He's going to learn to be okay with that. And we're still going to be one of these elite running teams at times as well. I have Cooper at the very tail end of the kind of the tier that ends top 15. Right. Yeah. There's some so wide receiver twos in there. Like T Higgins in your division. Yeah, <laughs> you're, some, you're, yeah. yeah you're, you're Keenan Allen. You're Ke- Calvin Ridley. Yeah. Uh, yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, I have Keenan Allen a little lower, but yeah, you're well, and, you're and, kind and of right on the bubble of like elite wide receiver one, the truly elite wide receiver twos, uh, with your best wide receiver. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, off season grade, Drew. I'm gonna uh, give. Him, I want to give him a a little bump. For I'm gonna get, yeah the defensive a, coordinator change B plus for Schwartz alone almost. They needed they needed to yeah. do something. They identified that they went and got Jim Schwartz. Um, he's had success yeah. everywhere. So yeah, Zaria Zed- Smith was a low cost swing. Tomlinson was a low cost swing. Okorongo was a low cost swing. Yeah, they they put uh, together some guys that Schwartz was a guy that can get the most out of these guys. Maybe yeah, it fits fits into what Schwartz has done. You give them these pass rushers, you let them go. I, th- I think we can have some success there. So solid B just because of the, you know, the coaching change, I think. Yeah, I'll give him a B plus. Like, I, I don't know what else I would have done. Well, at the coaching change in it and saying we're getting Jim Schwartz, plus we're getting him some, some defensive linemen to go with it. Yeah. Like the, that in combination, doing one and not the other, you know, doesn't doesn't move the needles much. Obviously, yeah. adding Elijah Moore is uh, a good thing. That should, you know, help round out that offensive skill position mm-hmm. room. Wow, worst run defense in the league last year by EPA per play. It was. Oof. Uh, Bottom, they were 25th in EPA per play overall. Um, There's that. This is not. These these are not not glorious numbers for that unit. So um, this could be one of those where I think them and the Falcons are probably in the competition for the potential upswing the most from year over year in terms of uh, defensive. defensive performance and you know maybe the one week link is uh there are still some secondary pieces that who knows if they can stay healthy they're actually good (laughs) and with that because i think this team has afc title game upside uh winning this division upside it's the opposite of what we said about tomlin like stefanski just won the award like what if he what if he goes from what's what they have seven wins Yes, seven ten fourth go, in the division like last seven year. Seven to twelve, seven to thirteen, something a big jump like that. Usually that's plenty, but it's like ah, we just gave this guy an award for making the playoffs a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if that uh, plays against him a little. Do you want to anything else before we look at uh, who they play? I have Tomlin's uh, Pro Football Reference page open. Oh God, the, the picture! That picture, unbelievable. It's still the same picture. It's like Stefanski has a Coach of the Year, and I don't. Like, oh, yeah, that's like somebody's just informed him. He's never been, never even gotten a vote. That's like a perfect caption <laughs> contest one. People, people have losing records sometimes. What? That's not a thing. Could um, be. All right. Let's, uh, yeah, let's look at some schedule. schedule. 
Yeah, let's look at this so again. you 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 made this um, point when you talked about when would you rather play Cincinnati or when would you rather play the Niners and Purdy early on? Um, different reasons, but kind of the same reason. When would you rather play Cincinnati? Yeah, or week one. Week one. I mean, there's yeah. a chip chair and a chance you're playing Trevor Simeon at home. Yeah, there is. Uh, yeah. Uh, I obviously we're rooting for Burrow to get healthy. We like good football. We like good players. But if you're a Browns backer, that might be a just kind of a little bonus for you there because you were going to be a home dog to a very good team to start the season. And, you know, if things go sideways in the second game, suddenly it's an 0-2 start with two divisional losses. It's a long uphill from there. So, Suddenly, it could be a much easier start to the season, and then obviously, if things s- sort out well, you're probably a, a pick 'em or a short favorite to Pittsburgh there, and you could, you know, do the opposite: start two and zero, probably get a win against Tennessee, and then, then suddenly it's the rubber meets the road. Week four, home versus Baltimore. That's a massive early season <sighs> game before the big one, big one, stupid early buy. I hate the early buy. You do get the Cleveland and double. Pittsburgh got the early buy, huh? Yeah, you get the, you get the double rest, you get the rest plus travel advantage, getting a good San Francisco team coming across country. That's exciting. Um, curious what that total will be. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Um, I guess as I look at the schedule, I get some of the same vibes as the Pittsburgh schedule, which is considering that you have two Cincinnati's and two Baltimore's on here, it's still not that spooky. There are some soft spots here. Having Chicago-Houston back-to-back late in the season when you're trying to make a playoff push, pretty nice. Having uh, you know, having uh, Arizona before you get Kyler Murray back, pretty nice. Getting some of the younger quarterbacks early in the season before now they've gotten a bunch of reps, pretty nice. Um, I think the fact that you're not playing Buffalo and the fact that you're not playing KC helps you specifically versus Cincinnati if you want to win this division, right? Um, plus, that's just nice. Plus, it's just nice, yeah. <laughs> um, no, you know, small rest advantage outside of the coming off the bye, small rest advantage at Cincy Week 18 could be interesting and important. Like, that's getting that mini buy at the end of the season there could matter. Um Travel's that's not when bad. you're yeah, that's when you're the most beat up. I, I would I'd argue you maybe understated it. Getting a mini buy into a week eighteen divisional possibly yeah. huge game is probably way more beneficial than having the mini buy in the first quarter or half of the season. I agree with that. Having having three extra days for rehab, rest and re you know, just getting ready. Yeah. That's that's actually pretty, probably pretty, pretty huge. Sick, yeah. I'm excited um, for that game already. Yeah. Me too. Uh, the, I guess. Do you think that the week twelve, week thirteen at Denver and then at LA are they going to stay west? Obviously, you had an at Seattle on here. You could have crept so the you're not, Seattle and LA you know, back, you're, and back, and that would have been a little easier. It's not like it's not like you're flying back to Boston. No, you know Denver to Cleveland's a couple hours, but would you want to? Anyone who's ever lived in the Midwest or next to one of the Great Lakes, if you just played at Denver and it's about to be December, I think I'm heading to like Long Beach, man. <laughs> you know why would 
why would uh, why would you fly back to Cleveland? Like that flight's probably delayed anyway. Go to LA, <laughs> man. I, I would I'd want to stay west. It'll be interesting to see because it's not like a no brainer. It's just a I think they should. Mm-hmm. That definitely helps with that situation, especially if the Rams are, as we point out, the Rams are very thin, especially on defense. If that's starting to fall down like the house of cards, we think it might be that could be a, a game where you're favored by a field goal on the road. I dig that. That makes sense to me. Um, interesting that you are you're kind of playing a lot of cold weather late in the season, which maybe doesn't help your passing offense, but that's okay. That maybe kind of forces you into the Chubb focus, which is good. Um, at Houston, at Rams are the two exceptions, I guess, but you're you're at such a huge advantage in those ones anyway. Maybe that's where you start to see Watson pop a little bit. I don't know. Um, it, is, it is Thanksgiving week, Robert. The, it's at least the Sunday after Thanksgiving. You got to get your meal in with your family already and get the hell out of town then. Mm-hmm. Tell you what, True. we'll have the turkey. We'll, head, we'll go skiing, and then we'll go to the beach. <laughs> um, pretty beneficial schedule, though, overall, I have to say. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, not the, a lot of the not a lot disadvantages. Of, yeah. The big ones might kind of be mitigated if you if you do end up staying out that big bright orange at the bottom comes off, and then the Seattle one that's just tough. You you play a back to back, and one of them's on one of the coasts. That's just never going to be easy. That's a great point. Um, considering like who you're up against, uh, let's see the. You don't really face an especially tough pass rush schedule. You don't really face an especially tough schedule of quarterbacks. So I don't know that the issues about Watson holding the ball are going to matter. I don't know that the issues about, uh, you know, questions in the secondary are going to matter. Um, you kind of don't really have any excuses here. You better win 10 games. Yeah. They're going to be in the mix for a wild card spot, if not the division. I think. No, it's going to come down. I th- there's a non-zero chance we get to week 18, and nobody in this division has been eliminated. But I'm not saying we, we don't end up in a spot where only two of them make it. But we could get very late in the season before anyone's eliminated. It just feels like all these teams have such high floors, and obviously it would take probably a quarterback injury of or some sort of, you know, big cluster and important positional group for one of these teams to really fall hard on their face. Or just maybe mm-hmm. Watson straight up doesn't have it. Is there, a, is, there a, yeah. is there a team or a matchup on here that you're excited about betting? Again, but, you know, like, like, oh, yeah, look at that. I like them in this spot. I like them in that, you know, with that blank, right? Like, do they match up well against San Francisco? Kind of, right? Yeah, I mean, the Baltimore game. I'd like to see this pass rush. Um, that might be a bit of a struggle if Lamar gets loose. This pass rush, you know, some new pieces. Maybe they have quite don't have the continuity and the communication yet, and suddenly they're losing. You know, they're getting after him, but losing contain a bunch against a, a defense that's still trying to get it figured out a little. Hmm. And I don't know. Yeah. I wouldn't be blitzing him a bunch either. See how that goes. So I, that could be a kind of a sneaky over game if the offense is humming. 
But I just like obviously all those divisional games and this are all so good. Do you remember the treat that was the Lamar, you know, the Lamar poop game from a couple of years yes, back? Yes, There's yes. Been yeah. So many good games in this division every year. So um yeah, all all those and it's weird how the schedule makers, I know making a schedule must be tough, but Apparently there's Jesse Tomlin's on the corner now. Um, apparently there's no there's no rules about how the the spacing between playing a team in your division because they're going to bookend you get the most distance possible between the two Cincy games. Where was it? Mm. Washington and New York played each other in like two straight well, weeks. Washington Washington had New York by New York last year for sure. It was I like remember New York, New York by had New Washington York. by Washington, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so I kind of like them in that spot against. I, there's no way they're going to be pickemish against the Rams by that time of the season. I find that to be very, very hard to believe. I like them. I, I like that under potential matchup and uh, against at Denver. Like, ooh, ooh, that might be first to first to you know double digits wins. Um, yeah, interesting, interesting uh, kind of upsideable type of schedule for what I can tell you. Let's look at the odds. 30 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, 18 to 1 to win the AFC. Are those juicy? Is the juice enough there, Andy, to say that the upside of this team speaks to that being realized? Like I said, some people got to these because they were a little higher. But, I mean, kind of got to put my money where my mouth is. I said I'd do it. I said I'd be a little more aggressive on this team. I don't hate this as a, an AFC 18-1. to 1. If I like him to win the division, you know, I certainly would think I'd want to. If you bet them to bet, win the AFC North at four, you know, around 4-1, to one, I think you almost have to sprinkle on AFC a little. If you think this is a team that's getting a home game, possibly two, maybe more, like with a, you know, an experienced quarterback, and you know, at that point, you have to assume the run game's going fine. You have to assume the defense played a lot better to get to that point. Like this is a team I'd love to be having a ticket on deep into the playoffs. So, I think yeah, you do a little combo of Super Bowl slash AFC. Okay, interesting. Uh, I again am perfectly fine not being on the bandwagon, uh, so I will tip my cap to everyone who does get their Brown Super Bowl tickets and tweets about them as they are, uh, you know, making a deep run. Um, I did, I'm not taking a stand against them because of all the reasons we mentioned. The strength of this roster overall, I like Stefanski as a coach. I think a Stefanski firing would be wildly unjustified, but I think it's worth you know, it's worth kind of wrapping your head around. He's like the fourth choice right now. Oh, yeah. sorry, fifth, five, six. He's the sixth, sixth choice right now. McCarthy's sorry, Ron Rivera's your favorite. Todd Bowles, second favorite. McCarthy third. Josh McDaniels four. Then Dennis Allen and Stefanski are basically a tie. Um Plus nine fifty is not enough for me to play it, though. I think, but again, like you're kind of in a bad situation where you have a good coach, but if it doesn't work with the player that you've given a guaranteed two hundred million dollars to, then that's the guy that pays the price. 
<laughs> and yeah. it sucks, but that's what they've done. You know, they they presumably Stefanski was in on the decision, so you live with it. Uh, win total is sitting at nine and a half. The over is surprisingly plus one hundred eight. Under is minus one thirty four. Uh, my baseline projection for this team is, or my mean. Let me see what my mean. Uh, nine point five. So, <laughs> not a real strong reason to bet the over. Um, but no, yeah, and like you it. said, it, it's probably set where it should be. And if I'm taking anything on this team, it's not. I'm, I'm not wanting to have huge positions on this team. And that's where I think I'm more willing to take some longer numbers and just go small on Super Bowl and AFC. And, hmm. you know, kind of stay off that. It's that or maybe like a, a wind ladder, but I'd rather take the big upside. Hmm. Yep. That makes sense to me. I don't see an obvious entry point in the season for when you would want to bet these guys, uh, unless you look at sort of that stretch late. Rams, Denver, they can beat. They can definitely beat Denver. Denver, Rams, Jags, which is maybe the toughest contest. Chicago, Houston is week 12 to 16. They should go 4 and 1 there. They may go 5 and 0 oh if they beat the Jags. Preceding that stretch would be the time to buy Browns if you've seen enough of the synergy between Watson and Stefanski to say that the way that they've shaped this offense is really utilizing his, you know, 90, 95th percentile, right? Um, but I think I'm, I'm fine letting these prices sail. Range of outcomes I think we touched on already, but worth revisiting. This could go incredibly poorly. This could go swimmingly well. There is enough talent to support uh, a deep playoff run. There is enough. There are enough questions about the fit and the ability of Deshaun Watson to elevate from whatever he was last year, the 28th best quarterback, to something in the top 10. Um, that I'm, you know, you just have to acknowledge the uncertainty. I think. Yeah, the offense has like I have a lot more confidence in saying this defense will progress with Schwartz and the addition oh, yeah. up sure. front. Then I do like Deshaun Watson returns to 80% of his peak when he was with Houston. And if you don't get that, if it's just like Chubb and a bad quarterback, I don't, I don't see how you, you know, I don't see how you get off, get off the ground with this team. So I do need that to happen. Yeah. The, the range of outcomes probably seven to <laughs> seven to 12. It's, it's a little bigger. Yeah. It's a big one. You think the floor is high enough that seven is as bad as it gets. There's so many easy games and the coin flips. And if the defense and the run game are there, you're you're in so many of those coin flips anyway. Does seven like and just, ten cost Stefanski's job? It may. I mean, the, the expectations were kind of high a couple of years ago. They they got there, they won a game, they almost like to your point, they almost won another game. I mean, the, I think this the expectations are probably higher than they should be for what they did, but they, they have to have pretty high expectations based on what they spent on this quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like okay. you're not allowed to have low expectations and piss, piss around at this point. You've, you've does Watson have a say on Stefanski's future? And does Watson have a say on who they bring in next? If uh, is that something to be like, Hey, let's get this guy's judgment. I know 
I, I would be, I would just be more along the lines of, of bringing in one of those, you know, uh, consultants to help me find someone that fits it well, rather than asking Deshaun Watson. No offense to him. Okay. Okay. Because uh, he's a criminal. <laughs> okay. Speaking speaking of criminals, did you see that they changed the rules about that? Because that when remember when Antonio Brown signed with the Patriots, and then it came out like, oh, this guy, his were pretty heinous too, didn't he? Like, kind of assault a, a trainer or something. Some of those allegations. Yeah, that was wild. about right. Yeah, that sounds. And right. then the Patriots are like, "What the fuck, dude? You can't be on our team." So they changed that. Like you can get in a lot more trouble for not disclosing those kind of things. Because mm. obviously he didn't tell him. Oh yeah, I'm under investigation for like skeeting on a on a trainer when she wasn't watching, or whatever the fuck it was. It was it was, it was rough. It was yeah. It was not obviously great. Antonio Brown is, has a storied history of, you know, doing not a well yeah not a well man not a well adjusted young man right now. So no, but um, yeah, um, I would. I try to I try to find someone who fit Deshaun Watson, but I'm not sure I let Deshaun Watson choose. Okay, you think the Browns are totally done making Bill moves? They're kind of weird. Be pretty funny, Bill O'Brien. <laughs> Browns are wheeler dealers. You think they make any more moves? Try to bring in somebody to, to help to help elevate this roster. Go after. Uh, what would you do? Um, I would look for like a Roquan Smith type of move, like the Ravens made last year. You could use that to really solidify you the spine of your defense. Obviously not Roquan Smith, but you know, somebody who's a line, you know, a non-premium position that's not going to get compensated by a team because Yeah, another another defensive they, piece or yeah. you know, if if the right receiver was available for the right price. Right receiver, yeah, sure. Sure. Okay. For sure. Excited about DPJ. Yeah, okay. Okay. I have him as a fine wide, you know, wide receiver too. Um, all right. So the way that these Aaron Aaron Donald, like, you're kind of joking, but like that team. Why not? That team's about to have a fucking fire sale within the next like eighteen months. That would move the needle for me big time. (laughs) (laughs) You mentioned Donald Garrett. I would I fire as quickly as I could possibly get my fingers yeah. on every future that they have. That's fun. It's fun to just think about. I don't care if the money works. Aaron, putting Aaron Donald and uh, and and uh, Garrett on the same D line would be amazing. Um, all right. Uh, betting plan. Is there anything about the makeup of this team? That's you can kind of carry into a how do you approach betting them on a week by week basis. Dan, can you do me a solid on a uh, schedule one more time? So you talked about entry point. That's tough too because you know if it is a rough first four weeks, I'm not so sure we have a good grip on what this team actually is because there's two, uh, you know, essentially your two toughest divisional opponents plus. Uh, a road game at the other divisional opponent, plus a, a game at a Tennessee team that has some teams, has some things that have been your weaknesses. If this pass, if this run stop uh, for the defense isn't greatly improved, you're facing, you know, it's a, a shell of a man of what he once was, but they're still going to keep pouring them at you. And you have a good coach and, you know, a, a 
at this point a veteran quarterback. That's not some auto win. It's going to be hard to judge them off these first four games, I believe. I'm, I'm going to no, watch a lot more than I, I know, but yeah. I don't think it's going to be like, hey, they were so close and they're about to turn the page, and that makes me excited to bet them against the Niners. No, I yeah, no, I know, I know exactly what you're saying. I think um, the telltale is going to be the week three. You're paying. Yeah, you're, you have you're, to look good there. You you have Watson and the passing game have to look good there. Because I because guess win. what you have to look good. You're not beating the Tennessee Titans on the ground. It's not happening. Chubb is going to have a miserable day. Uh, week three at home against Tennessee. That offensive line is equally matched with the defensive line and the run stop of the Titans, as far as I can tell you. You have to be able to pass on Tennessee to win those games, and I think that we come out of week three and we either say. 2022 was an aberration or the Browns are a sell. That's my thought. Um, you can't take action on that again for then a couple more weeks. Cause I, you know, divisional games are going to be close. They're going to be wonky. They're going to be weird. You're absolutely right. The fact that they have three of their first four divisional games is going to make it really, really tough to draw any conclusions about these guys, unless they win all three of those, in which case, People are going to be like, "Oh, see, they were the buzzy team for a reason. They were. They're they're going to win the AFC North. This is it's it's this is happening. It's all happening." Um, I think it's much more likely though that that's going to be kind of a mixed bag of results, and you could be one and two, you could yeah, be that's one and three, you could be three. That's and why I hate I it. Know. I hate that stretch. And like you yeah, said, mixed, you really have to rely on playing Tennessee yeah. as like your bellwether for this early season success. Yes. I so agree. I guess pay attention to that game. Try to draw some conclusions where you can from the three divisional games and decide if you're in or out because you know what? Not only it's hard to say you're in because if they yeah. really do look good in those spots, the numbers will be depressed as shit. They're already a buzzy team. You get two things out of that Tennessee matchup, though. Is this a top five D line? Because if it is, they are going to absolutely wreck shit against the Tennessee O line. Okay. You're, you're gonna know. You're gonna know. That old line has so many. Problems. Okay. And is Watson passing with Stefanski's scheme fixed? You're gonna know because Tennessee's a passing funnel. That's what they they want you to do. It. You're not gonna beat them on the ground. I don't think. Uh, so yeah, that that's uh, let's put a pin in everything Browns related and revisit it in our week three recap. How about that? That sounds good. All right. Circling that game. I didn't think I'd be circling a Browns-Titans game. <laughs> but, I mean, it's, it's probably That's the bellwether, man. It's going to be an indicator game for us. An indicator game. You know what? Let's highlight those on every schedule. I mean, a good point by Birdie here, too. You're, you're going to have – you're also going to know how Schwartz is doing, making a difference with how yeah. that team is yes. run yeah. because it's a team that's going to want to throw it at you. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, Derrick Henry is going to get 30 carries. Is the run defense fixed? We shall find out. Um, great point. Uh, yeah, goddamn, we gotta we gotta circle. Well, let's just go through when we do the schedule before we click off of it. The last thing we'll do is kind of point to the bellwether game. I think that'll be a fun like fun exercise. Like um, all right, well, that does it for the bottom half of the AFC North. Um, yeah, we'll be back uh, Wednesday. The with... tone, because of price, the tone on these two teams was rosy. 
which means you can almost guarantee the tone on the next two teams relative to price. I think we're going to be a little cool. A little cooler. As sad Although, as it is, because goddamn, are they good teams? I know it's, and it's probably going to come down to again price and like your risk profile on what you think a team's range is, because certainly, and we'll get to it heavily, but like it's probably boom or bust for one of those teams when we talk about them Wednesday. Like it's, I'm betting them to win the Super Bowl and win an MVP, or certainly not touching like a win mm. total on the set of teams. So does, we'll get to does, it Wednesday. Does Deshaun Watson have to go undefeated to win MVP? Deshaun Watson. <laughs> Can you imagine having to defend a vote like when they, they like yeah it was just he he was that good like I wonder if somebody would come out and say he was so good I'm willing to overlook you know the, the part where he's probably you know a criminal allegedly we're not lawyers here not a lawyer settled out of court so we don't get to say one way or the other but we'll we'll check back. And uh, we'll see you Wednesday, guys. Hit the thumbs up on the way out. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. One month from today, we're playing football for real. Yes. I just saw this. Watch this your cancer. <laughs> Mid-season, he has to come up with like a... Are we uh, sure new- even that would help I don't know, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, that's a big deal.